Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friend Jack comes back to talk about one of the most anticipated stories of the decade, Batman Three Jokers. I am so surprised that I've gone this long in the comic book podcast game without a single episode on Batman, but that's about to change. Batman doesn't understand how or why, but the fact is certain. The man he has spent a lifetime chasing isn't one man at all. There are three Jokers. Now that he knows the unbelievable truth, Bruce needs real answers. Joined by Barbara Gordon and Jason Todd, two former victims of the Joker's brutality, the Dark Knight is finally on a path to defeat the Madman once and for all. Every last one of him. Remember to follow us on Instagram and now Twitter at Cameron Reads Comics and make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Remember, there are full spoilers ahead for Batman Three Jokers, so consider yourself warned. Now, here is your episode on Batman Three Jokers. Well, hey Jack, welcome back to the Camry's Comics Podcast. Thanks for having me. I just I just threw it on the record. You just went for it. <laughs> we go. No warning. No, I'm like, hey, I don't I'm, need it. if you if you're not ready, then you better get ready. I'm probably not ready anyway. So okay, so this week we read um, Batman Three Jokers. Mm-hmm. But before we even talk about that, Jack, I want to talk to you about um, making observations. Yeah. Your, when did this Instagram page start? And like last time you were here, we talked about um, like super sick sneaker culture. Yeah. But like now, I'm like, wow, you have a platform for I don't know your I guess your hot takes on sneaker culture and like just like style. It's just like a great gram in general, <laughs> the most aesthetically pleasing. So just tell Thank us you. about it. Yeah. So I um yeah I started this in July, and I have been like collecting sneakers this last year, kind of when the pandemic started. I mean. I started like a little bit before that, but I kind of like got really into it uh, last fall, uh, like fall 2019. Um, and then like when the pandemic hit, that's kind of just like that was all I had to do was just uh, like, nothing else to do. So I was like, well, I'm just going to like keep doing this. And so I just like started collecting more and more sneakers and just like got more into it. And then I was like talking to my fiance and I was just like, I just want to do something with this. Like I have all this stuff and I like was really passionate about it, but like I didn't really want to put it on my own Instagram. I didn't want to like make all my like family and friends just like look at that stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yep, yeah. I, I think I feel like you can relate to this. Like That's you get exactly self conscious, yeah, putting like your hobby and like your stuff you love. Like, and it's it, it sounds so weird to say that, but like you putting like your side stuff or like some like new project like on your Instagram. Like you're like, oh, like I don't want like everybody to have to see this for me every single day or like this be all I am to these people. But so creating a new space was kind of like really freeing to me. Like, okay, like I'm just going to start something new. And like, I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere or like turn into anything. It was just like for me and just for fun. And I started by like just posting my own pictures, but also like finding stuff on the internet that I just liked and like just reposting stuff. And then I started 
building a following and I was like, yeah, you have like a big following on it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I definitely have a lot to go like compared to other people I follow. But, um, then I was like, well, I'm just going to start posting just my stuff then. So I deleted all that other stuff and just like, just started posting my own pictures and yeah, it's been, it's been cool. Um, I've gotten to meet like a lot of people from around the world that I usually would not have ever come into contact with. No way. Like I have friends in the Philippines and in Singapore and in Texas and random places, but, um, but it's been really cool. And it's, I feel like it's given me something to kind of like latch onto and just something fun to do. Like when nothing else is going on in the Mm -hmm. world and, I mean, everything's but nothing else is going on in the world while everything is going on in the world. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, you know, while we are being good stewards, being at home and, yeah. you know, posting our content. And, yeah. And like, honestly, like, it's just a great reflection of, I don't know, just like, it's also a lot of the style. While it is, you know, the sneakers and maybe some of the items of the ensemble are like unaffordable. Mm. Some of them are like, you know, you can go to your standard goodwill find a decent pair of levi's 501s yeah and, like those pull the entire thing together you know yeah so. yeah like i'm not interested in like like hype beast stuff and I, yeah. I try to like stay away from that and like i mean like some of the shoes i get are like kind of pricey but yeah. like i also like just try to throw in like really regular clothes and like most of my stuff i get from like thrift stores or like mm-hmm. just use stuff online and and that's kind of what i've tried to like center it around and um it's been really nice like i don't own any t-shirts that were more than $40 <laughs> like yeah. not dropping $200 in a t-shirt and like yeah. that's just not for me um, I would never yeah yeah and I, I know people do that and like they love that and like that's awesome like I mean you know six months ago I would never have said I would spend hundreds of dollars on sneakers and it's like but that's much easier for me to palette now so yeah and especially it's, it's resale relative. value for that like yeah. that's really everything you're saying is like for all the fans and listeners can they can attribute that to my comic book collecting yeah it's literally been me like I started selling my collection because I was just pouring money into it, mm-hmm. and I want higher priced books. But yeah. I'm like, I sell my collection, and then guess what? If I want to go buy a, a bigger, better book, you know, whatever, I want to get that uh, for me. It'd be like Avengers three or four, like the first Silver Age Captain America book. Mm-hmm. If I want to get one of those, then I'll sell all these books because they retain their value. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like sneakers. Like it's been great because like it's it's almost like I mean I don't know anything about real estate or like any kind of market. I don't disagree <laughs> with the example you're saying though. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's like you people buy property and like the values go up and down and things change and like things become more valuable or like. It's kind of not necessarily like just like having money. It's about like investing in something and that's kind of changes. It can get more valuable or less valuable. And it's like, I don't, some of the sneakers I have now, like I would never have imagined myself purchasing, but it's like, it's kind of like I worked my way up by like, oh, I bought this sneaker that was pretty affordable and I traded up for this one and I sold that one. I bought this. It's like, I don't, I don't make a lot of money. Like I don't have a lot of money. (laughs) It's like, but you know, I feel like with anything, like if you don't devote enough time into it, enough energy into it, like you can make those kinds of things happen to where it's like money is not an odd, like no, not no longer a non issue, but it's not as big of a problem as it seemed at the very beginning. Yeah. Or even it's not, it's not as big of an expense. No. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It's not, a, it's not a huge obstacle to, it just takes time and energy and, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like one step at a time. And yeah, you're selling two pairs of sneakers to get that one you really want. Exactly, and, yeah. And so it's like – and that's literally my, my number one book for the fans that want to know. Maybe you don't want to know. But Saga number one is just like mm. I want that in a 9.8 and I will <laughs> sell – You know, I'm selling all these whatever. I have this Superman run that's been going on for 30 issues and mm. I'm like I don't need these 30 issues sitting here. I can make whatever – I know. Let's assume seventy dollars off that. Seventy dollars towards that one book that I actually really want. That's yeah. great. And then you know, it's not me spending 
400 at one time, it's me spending, you know, just the lump sum that I saved. It's, it's three or four other collections that I had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, there was a pair of sneakers that I was like obsessed with when I first got into sneakers. What were they? They were these yellow Nike Dunks. Like were they, from, de- were they high tops? They're high tops. Were they the ones you posted today? They're ones posted today. Yeah, they're so cool. I, when I when I first saw those, my first kind of thing was like, oh my god, like I want these so bad, and I just couldn't find them anywhere, and they were like super rare. And I eventually like found them like around my birthday, so like a few months ago, and then I've had them for a little bit, and I sold them today. And it's like, yes, and it's the kind of thing. It's where it's like. You know, you go through phases and you like things change. It's like you get your like prized possession, the thing you really want, and then yeah. like you have it, and it's like this is really cool. Like I'm glad I had this for a bit. Like time to let it go. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like it's not necessarily like oh, I'm just like latching on these things like forever to hold them like as like my prized possessions. It's kind of more like enjoying those. Like okay, like I got to be with this for a few months, and like I'm happy. I'm content now. The time I have with it, I'm happy to see it go as well. Yeah, that's me literally with my collecting. It's mm-hmm. like. At first, I really just wanted the biggest collection, and now I don't. You know what I mean? I'd like, uh, I don't want the biggest comic book collection ever. It's like, wow, yeah. I'm actually running out of space right now. Yeah. I feel stuffed to the gills. And so I'm like, I would really like a just great quality collection. Like, yeah. I, I buy my books monthly, I read them, and they give me that value. And then when, once I've read them, I'm like, is this the best book I've ever read? If it's not, I'm fine getting rid of it so that, again, I can get to that saga one or the the, the thing I really want. Mm. Yeah, it's like there's people I follow, like I'll see on Instagram, they have like these huge walls of like hundreds of sneakers and like all the best sneakers, like every Jordan, every Dunk and like all these like crazy expensive pairs. But they look, it's just like nothing to me. It's like, it just seems like a wall. And it's like the ones that stick with me the most are like the the collections that are like super precise and like super specific to where it's like, oh, like I would not have imagined like that rotation together or like yeah. that, those four sneakers together. But like these are like their top four sneakers and like oh, yeah. they really center around this kind of style. And I'm like, wow, like that stuck with me. And it's like it's not necessarily about like the quantity. It's about like mm-hmm. not only like the quality but seeing like something that's specific to the person to where it's like, oh, like that person like had that vision of that thing and like these were important to them. Like that really sticks with me and I remember that now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so everyone, go follow Making Observations on Instagram because it is so cool. Check it out. And if you don't like sneakers and it's not for you, like, no big deal. It does not matter. <laughs> I'm like, literally, like, I, I just think of, and, and we talked about this briefly last time, but, like, I just really find it to be more of, like, I don't know, sneaker culture and just, like, I guess collection culture is just mm-hmm. very, they're, they're, they're very similar. And even just, like, kind of the hype clothes clothing or like really what i'm getting into is like a lot of those gra- vintage like i don't know i don't want to say grunge but like graphic tees that are coming out yeah they are i think accompanied so well with like a good decent pair of sneakers mm-hmm. and it's almost like ironic fashion <laughs> but it's like it's hype and so me as much as i love like superhero tees i'm like retro superhero tees are so sick yeah and so that's really where i'm like oh let me go thrift so i can get like a Jack, the, the making observations Instagram <laughs> inspired me to go get a pair of Nike blazers. Heck yeah. And they are so clean. And right. I was like, Jack had the yellow swoosh ones. And I was like, oh, I love those so much. <laughs> and so my favorite color is purple. And they had a purple pair for cheaper. So I'm like, yeah. let me go get the purple pair. They're red. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so that with like a sick Catwoman tee, it's mm. game over. So now we're talking. That is literally go follow them on Instagram and, you know, spice up your wardrobe. Right. Maybe get inspired. It's easy to spice up your wardrobe. 
It is. Yeah. It really is. And it's, I'm like, it's affordable. Like you don't have to just, break the bank. Yeah. You don't, especially like thrifting. It's like, oh man. And yeah. also, yeah, no, all those high beast teas are sick. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to buy Supreme, but like, honestly, have you ever watched Slobby's World? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, dude. Go on Netflix, go watch Slobby's World. It's this dude, Slobby Robbie. And all he does Slobby is Robbie. he buys, sells, and trades like vintage, mm. but it's all like a nostalgia market. I think that's the point I'm really trying to make is okay. that sneaker culture, comic book collecting culture, they're, they're, they're similar. It's all nostalgia based, you know? Yeah. Is Slobby Robbie a family name? <laughs> he, his, his name is actually Slobbert, uh, Slobbert. Slobbert P. Robert. Yeah, Slobbert P. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we read Batman Three Jokers, yes. and so what did you think? What what made you want to read this book? Yeah, so I was interested in it just by so so I I didn't really know a lot about this. I know there was like some sort of fiasco with a chair prior to this, and Batman finding oh, yeah. out something on the chair or whatever. Oh my gosh, it was a fiasco. <laughs> I heard it was a mess. So, but that's when he found out there were three Jokers, yeah. potentially. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like, okay, so in the Justice League, really kind of a lot of the the new 52 Justice League series, mm-hmm. there's a Dark Side War. Yeah. That's kind of what the entire series builds up to. And uh, Batman pretty much takes the Mobius chair, which is a... The Mobius chair, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, and have you seen... You watch Justice League Unlimited? Yeah. And, like, Metron is a character that comes up at the very mm-hmm. end, at the very end of Justice League Unlimited. He's, yeah. like, pretty much this omniscient being who's a new god. He's, mm-hmm. like, fourth world, whatever. And he... It, when you're in his chair, he kind of knows everything. Yeah. And so Batman becomes... You know, all the Justice League members become, like, gods in the series. It's weird. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it, but yeah. Batman gets the Mobius chair, and so he's able to ask any question. And so question being, who's the identity of the Joker? Mm-hmm. You find out there's three Jokers, and that's really kind of what that moment is. Did you not have any more questions after that? That was it. <laughs> that's all he wanted to ask the chair. I'm like <laughs> – you know, I'll ask. Like, I guess that. I guess that's the one. But then this series is weird. Yeah. Because, you know, and we we go full spoilers here. But I'm yeah. like, because he always knew the identity of the Joker. Yeah. So I'm like, what the heck? Why so do what, we care? What's the big reveal? Yeah. I don't know. And then that was kind of one of my issues with this series. This is a DC Black Label, right? Yeah. So it's like an Elseworld kind of story. Elseworlds in Mad per, like quotations like yeah. i just don't know i think it's up to you i think it's all else worlds and that kind of stuff is always up to you yeah um whether or not it's canon so it's that's, just like leaving themselves a back door to where if they do want to do something with this in the future they can but if they don't want to they can just say it was a different world yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like yeah and that actually that'll bring up a question i have to ask you later but okay so you wanted to read this because it was also like a big blockbuster book it was like yeah yeah it, everybody's talking about this i knew like i it's it's hard to be in the like superhero war- media world and not know about this so yeah like i was i i wanted to read it just because i wanted to be in the know of what was happening mm-hmm. without just like looking at what happens online yeah, yeah. and i don't know it's pretty pretty easy read you know yeah it was very short it was yeah it was three, issues, that's it. <laughs> three issues and they wrote it they're like premium premium size but even so they're probably like 40 pages each it's yeah. easy Honestly, I read it online illegally. I did not buy Dang. it. <laughs> it's okay because I bought my copies and I have literally five copies of issue number one, which is worth just as much as you buying. <laughs> 
literally there i was like let me get the variant covers and then there's like 17 variant covers and yeah. i'm like i don't care how many jokers there are frankly yeah but that's just me um i feel like i've had enough of one joker so wait how did you yeah seriously seriously we'll talk about yeah. we'll talk about that That's but how how familiar with you were you with the bat family encounters with the joker like have you read killing jokes have you read death in the family yeah so i know all the big stuff like i know death in the family i know the killing joke i know all the history behind death in the family and like jason todd and like all yeah. the huge write-in campaign and stuff like that yeah yeah um so yeah i it was nice to see to like i knowing that i think was made the reading experience like a lot easier yeah so i didn't have to like look up anything like i was in the know the entire time yeah especially somebody who like casually reads comics like mm-hmm. i just kind of read big stuff and like, this is good you know this is a great big comic to read you know yeah. dive right in yeah um yeah so i'm i'm pretty caught up on all the big moments i didn't really read any new 52 joker i read like some That's of funny. it and i was like this is a little bit whatever it's here and it's there yeah yeah some guys like literally like love that one and some guys like you know, it's fine. I felt like they just tried to go too hard on it. Like, oh, the Joker is so over the top. He's literally like they made him like a mortal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I I really don't care about this. Yeah. It's, it's felt like an overkill for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. Personally, I'm like, let's just. And I said it before. I've said it before. But we can just take a break from the Joker for a while. Yep. We, we can, can do just five, put him on a shelf and it's fine. Yeah. I'm like five years without him. I'd be I'd be doing just fine. Like, yeah. let's really get that big two face story. I've always been hoping for it. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> but uh, so you so you're super familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Where do you think based on actually what we were just saying too? But where do you think like the Joker is ranked amongst the best comic book villains? Yeah, so I think you can't – I mean even if I am a little like weary of the Joker, like you can't – That's a great word for it. Yeah, you can't like deny like how great of a villain he is and like – and I feel like the the most interesting he gets is when he – it's like kind of like him and Batman as like parallels of a story together to where they're like kind of like – you know, you see like the same – you see like two sides of the same coin kind of thing mm-hmm. in their stories and like kind of how like interact with each other and like – Less about, like, Joker, like, you know, drowning 100 people in a river or whatever. Like, I don't care about that as much. It's like, yeah. I like it more so their interactions and, like, kind of, like, oh, and that's what I do like about this story. Like, I mean, I feel like part of the story, like, the Joker, like, explains himself too much, I think, to the reader. Like, explains his motives or his thinking. And it's, like, I I think the Joker is more interesting when he does less of that. Yeah. And when you don't really know exactly what's going on in his head. Um, but I think the... Like for the, one of the stronger parts for me, at least, of the story and the kind of that it kind of highlighted that thing I like about the Joker and that he's just obsessed with Batman and he like, yeah. he loves him. Yeah, like it's like it's like a devotion to him and like to where it doesn't care that he knows his identity, it doesn't care like any other stuff. Like yeah. he just wants to. It's all been about him all like always. And, and like, it's not about Bruce. It's about Batman. Yeah, yeah, and it's like like he talks about like the and I yeah. So he talks about like when he was like killing jason todd like the first time to where like it was all about batman like he didn't care about jason he didn't care about any of that like his only motivation was to like make an impact on batman and like just you know show himself to him in some kind of way and mm-hmm. i thought that was i think that's very interesting and i like yeah. that a lot and i think there were there are more interesting ways to explore that in yeah. this book but um yeah yeah yeah, I think that it's no matter what, how anyone wants to feel, I think he, Joker, is the number one comic book villain yeah. of all time. And yeah. like, 
I think this story leans into the versatility of the character, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, and I think that's kind of what makes him as popular as he is. You know, he yeah. is no matter what you want to say, he is like the, the scariest and there, and it, it, it's his unpredictability and it's how many facets there are to this one character. And that's why it's, it, that's why I'm not a huge fan of the three jokers, you know, yeah. three separate entities, because I think having, you know, Heath Ledger did it perfectly when you just kind of have the unreliable narrator, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah. there's so many different parts to who he is that you can't really get your thumb on him. Yeah. And so that was the strength of him. And this leans into that, but I don't know, maybe not in the way I would have preferred. Yeah, it's like the more you, I feel like it, for the Joker especially, like the more you explain about something, like the less interesting it becomes. Yeah. And like the more you know about, like the more information you have, like the less interesting it is to where it's like, oh, like, you know, like to bring back Heath Ledger, it's like a lot of the good part of, a great part about that movie. It's like you have no idea which story is the real one, if yeah. any of them are real uh, or if all of them are real. Like they all could have some sort of bearing in truth, but it's like that not knowing makes the character a lot more interesting and it makes it to where it's it's not about that which backstory is true. It's about that you can't trust whatever he's saying, and, yeah. and he and he's just like there's a lot more chaos going on inside of him and around him than you know you would think at first. And it's like it to where it makes it not about that. It makes it about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's just like and leaving it to the mystery or to the imagination is is really a great part of that character. Um, and you know having having the explanation be like, Oh, like the reason he changed over all these years is because there was three of them. Yeah, like, yeah. The reason the Joker, you know, 40 years ago was way different than he is now because that was a different Joker. And it's like, do we need this explanation? Like, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that it's, some of it walks a pretty uh, thin line, you know, like I think that something like the killing joke where we did get kind of a definitive Joker origin, mm-hmm. I think that worked really well. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, obviously that story story is like so prolific, but something like this, I'm like, I don't know. It's weird because I'm like, it kind of was trying to do the same thing that that one did in a different mm. way and kind yeah. of really give us some definitive points about their relationship. And I don't know. I just think some of it was better left unsaid. Like, uh, how did you, I guess you're off the cuff, but how did you feel about, you know, them knowing one another's identities? Yeah, it felt like a throwaway moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I think that was probably part of the point to where it was like, to show like oh it it doesn't matter like it really does not matter at all i think that's kind of if they really wanted it to be a bigger thing they probably would have like made it a much like a a story point rather than like a throwaway dialogue moment um but but i think it it exemplifies like whether he knows or doesn't know it doesn't matter yeah to him like the joker like or to batman really even because it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything and like you know it the situation for joe chill like that that definitely influenced that, but the the quote unquote real Joker at the end like wasn't on board for that and didn't yeah. and didn't wasn't interested in that. So like again, it's like the the truest embodiment of the real Joker quote unquote like would be the one that doesn't care either way yeah. if the information is relevant. I feel that way too because I'm like I think I don't know I just. Some of the this, I guess that and maybe that's why the story kind of fell flat for me. And mm. I'm like, by no means do I think it was a like bad story, but yeah. it just wasn't amazing. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. It was, I don't think it was as groundbreaking as it was kind of like advertised to be. Yeah, I wish they would have gone bolder and like done crazier stuff. Because like I feel like with the Killing Joke, it 
like it wasn't afraid to pull any punches and yeah. like it and it wasn't afraid to like devo- like divert from what we know about like Batman stories and like and it was a, like it wasn't afraid to like put Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair and like yeah. shoot and like paralyze her and like all this like groundbreaking stuff for a Batman story that's like very different from what we're used to mm-hmm. and like has ripple effects to where it's like this one it felt like it was trying to reference all the stuff that we know about Batman and like yeah. the stories we think of as quote unquote canon while also trying to do something different that is not canon maybe yeah. and it's like just pick one and it like it's like where it's like the killing joke it's like yeah that's a story but it's like it's its own story kind yeah. of thing and like and like later on like parts of that can like creep their way into yeah. like other batman comics but like it still stands on its own mm-hmm. to where this one it kind of felt like it was trying to have its foot in both lanes and that's exactly yeah, it and, that's it, and exactly it didn't really it. work for me in that because sense. the killing joke was actually funny funny enough meant to be an elseworld mm-hmm. and then it became canon because yeah it was so well received yeah exactly and, and like you know it, maybe it was supposed to be also like the last batman joker story mm-hmm. because uh the, i think the implication there is that batman kills the joke yeah. at the end yeah yeah know? yeah and uh we kind of I think you're right about this one kind of getting its feet in both lanes because it's mm-hmm. like it it didn't know what it wanted to be, and yeah. so it may, it almost kind of did the opposite where it was like it, <laughs> it's an else world, but it also can be canon, yeah. like you know. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm I'm into that. Like double, I, I'd rather just like double down on either one. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like it's doing like the reverse contextualization, yeah, in the sense towards like the killing joke later on became canon and like yeah. later on influenced things to where it's like now this one's trying to go back and influence things like oh. Like these things were going on during Death in the Family. Like this thing was going on yeah. during the Killing Joke, and it's like, no, like leave Let's those not... stories alone. Like those are great stories. Yeah, it's kind of like the Winter Soldier being like created, where yeah. you know he, you know, when he was created, it's like wow, he's created in two thousand one. But then you find out that he was present in all all these events, and <laughs> yeah. it's like ever yeah, he killed JFK, la la la. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I don't we need don't need this. this. I'm like, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah. So just tell a story now. I'm like it's fine. I'm like they're they're allowed to have been creating jokers, but yeah, you know, whatever. But um, okay. So did you find the reasons for the three jokers existing to be feasible? I I guess I don't know. Like me neither. Yeah. It. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's something unique about the Joker to where it was like it feels like a lightning in the bottle situation to where it's like if you it feels like you can't recreate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sense that they could be oh well. We could just make a new Joker, and we can make a new one. It's like then which then what's special about the Joker? Yeah, you know, and it's like, and I guess like it's more like the Joker is like a state of being. I guess. Yeah. Then, I don't know. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I, it's confusing, man. And yeah. like, I think what I think their reasoning was fallible, and you know, it worked for the sake of the story. I think mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was sound. Yeah. But whether or not it's my preference is a different story. Yeah. Like I'm like I like Joker and I like Batman, but I'm like I just it's I don't want to come off like I'm a hater on the story. You know no, I mean? it, it wasn't bad. Like it was not I, by no means a bad story. Like I did not and I did not like not enjoy myself at any point. Yeah, because I'm like I think some of the parts of the character, all the characters are true. I think mm-hmm. this was like an exceptional representation of Jason Todd. Yeah, I wish they did more with him. Yeah, see that's the thing. Like the I. I like a lot of different things in this book. Like I like the Jason Todd stuff. Yeah. I like the Barbara Gordon stuff. Yeah. Like I like the Joker. I like some of the Joker stuff. I just wish these were like separate stories that were like spread out a lot more. Yeah. Rather than like little glimpses of stuff that I like packed together in three issues. Um, were you a fan of the Barbara Jason relationship? No. 
Me neither. It felt just like so out of nowhere. It's like it felt just like, oh yeah, we'll throw this in as well. If I was to be, if I was to get, like, because I think you're right. I maybe just some of this stuff in the story was like, I like this and mm-hmm. I like this, but then together, yeah, it just, like when you're mashing them all together, it's almost you know what that felt like to me was uh, Rise of Skywalker when mm-hmm. Ray and Kylo Ren kiss. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe a little too perfect of an example because it's just like it's exactly that. It's like what? Why? Why do we need this? Yeah. Okay, so. The f- I like the idea that Jason is like so emotionally desperate yeah. and like s- compromised that he like is looking for something like that just because he's depressed, like mm-hmm. not because he actually has feelings for her. Yeah. And like, but the fact that like she was the one that kind of initiated it felt really weird. And like, then it was like, oh, but it's over now. But he's like, actually, I love you. And it's like, when did this start happening? Yeah. And then like literally the note on the door kind yeah. of sequence. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. What? It's like it's there's some I feel like there could have been something there, but I feel like if it was done a little bit differently to where like she wasn't the one that like kind of pushed it at first, it was more like him like kind of like if you want to do that, like him like kind of like he's pining after like the affection from Bruce. So he is like pushing that projecting that onto Barbara because she's the only one like paying attention to him in that moment. If you wanted to spread that out and kind of like explore like why Jason is like dealing with these kinds of things and like kind of get into that more and make it more about like his own trauma mm-hmm. and like rather than like some kind of like forbidden love between them that could have been interesting yeah well because i'm because they've also like i think that number one i don't think barbara should be used as a as a you know object of male affection you mm. know what i mean i'm like yo she's a competent capable awesome I think Barbara Gordon's probably just one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Like when it comes to sidekicks, I'd argue Batgirl like is one of my top, th- top two. I mm-hmm. think, you know, it goes Robin, Tim Drake, then probably Barbara Gordon, because I think Barbara is just such an amazing, amazing character. And so, um, but we've already seen this done and that's yeah. why I'm like, why do I need this again? Like, yeah. you know, we've seen it done in uh, like Dick and Barbara. Yeah. I'm like, do do that all day long. Yeah, like, I exactly. want them to get married. I yeah. think they're the only two that understand one another. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, seeing Jason just be like, I think you're right, though. And I think that it kind of bridges the gap for me. Him just being so wounded and so kind of like unstable mm-hmm. to uh, desperately pining after the first person to give him kind of like true affection. Yeah. And just like you know, platonic affection. If yeah, I, it's good. Yeah. And, and, and being back to bringing it back to Barbara, it's like, even like they were part, like it's kind of dealt with her trauma a little bit and like her, like the thing she was going through and like having the Joker, like reemerge and stuff like that. And like, yeah. and it got into that a little bit, but then it like kind of didn't follow yeah. up with it. And it was like, I feel like if, like we, if, if it explored Barbara's kind of journey, like in dealing with like trying to like take down the Joker and like, and then like separately like dealt with like Jason's trauma and like all that kind of stuff. Like if you took more time to like get into those things, yeah. it could have maybe worked in a way that was like somewhat more interesting. I think you're right. I think this book just needed some more time. Yeah. It, may, it needed some more space to explore these kind of things or just don't do them. Yeah. Just don't, just don't get into them. But, I, but I feel like in doing so, like Batman was a lot, was not really in the book very much. Yeah. Like I feel like we didn't spend much time like in, in those, especially in like all that stuff about like Jason, it's like, I would have loved to see more about like Bruce's side of that. 
mm-hmm. or like Bruce kind of dealing with that or even like dealing that with Jason if they wanted to get into that. But like as much the only time they really had like any kind of confrontation was like Bruce was like, you don't get it. To Barbara? No, to, to Jason. Oh, yeah. Like Jason and Bruce had like a, a like a one second confrontation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they never explored it again. And they decided to go to like Jason and Barbara. Yeah. And it's like if you want to get into all that kind of stuff, like have Bruce be a part of that. Yeah. And like really like develop that kind of story because like they get, cause they get into stuff like oh, Jason's like, oh, like, you know, you set us up for all this stuff. Like you're responsible. And it's like, sure. Like that's fine. Like let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce is like, you don't understand. Like you don't get it. Like – and like Bruce is a whole side of that. They just don't get into it. Yeah. And they just like never address it again. It's like that's interesting. Like spend more time with that, please. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like obviously Batman's relationship – Batman being this freaking stone cold brick wall that mm-hmm. he is, like uh, his relationships with his sidekicks have always been just like contentious. Yeah, you know, and so I I get it I and mean, yeah. I see it, um, and I see why he's also so distant from that too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's necessarily great a good enough story reason. Yeah, I'm like I really like his moment talking about that with Barbara, mm-hmm. where she's like, "How come you never took the time to kind of like reorient him into the world? You know, trying trying to fix what what made Jason broken." Yeah, and he's like, "I thought he'd be more like you, like mm. being resilient." And when you think about it, if Barbara's resilient, I think what, what, the way it makes sense to me is because of her father. Yeah, like her father's there and he loves her very mm. much. You know what I mean? Like Commissioner Gordon is trying to be the best father to his daughter. Yeah, and he's present in the ways that Bruce will never be. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Barbara had what Jason did not, and that Bruce couldn't be that for Jason. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we kind of saw that, and, and he was hoping that Jason could be like Barbara, but I'm like, they are very different people. That that Barbara Bruce moment was a good moment. Yeah. I did like that part of the comic. Also, I just want to say Barbara's costume, that is my favorite Batgirl costume. So good. Those all color the, all the costumes in this. Oh, yeah. All, and the art is so good. Like, I love I, – I, see, the one thing I like about yes. these Jokers, I love the look of the Jokers. Oh, yeah. It's, kind, it's exactly how I imagined the Joker mm-hmm. looking. Like I don't need like a hulked out buff Joker or like slicked hair back or it's like – or like a weird hipster – haircut joker like in the yeah, movie yeah, too yeah. it's like yeah and they even kind of like alluded to it they yeah they reference it a little bit it's like i like this class this is how i imagine the joker yeah and with mark hamill's voice in the background that's exactly and like my favorite joker um here's a point i don't know if i've ever said this on mic but the my favorite joker is not the ones that have really like messed up makeup mm. i really love jokers with perfect makeup yeah i think like you know for all the knocks on jared leto's joker I love that his like lipstick is on perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, get, give or take the tattoos, I don't care. Yeah, the lipstick's on perfectly, and he's always wearing a suit. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, that's that's my preferred yeah. Joker. I think yeah. that's ten times scarier. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so, um, yes, but my next question to you, actually, let's talk about the art, um, and then maybe we can lean that into favorite moment. Yeah, D- did you have one? Um, so. Yes, I liked I liked the Joe Chill stuff. Oh, really? I did like that. So I think that I, I liked the I liked the end of it because I like that Batman had to like I like to see I like I like when we kind of get to see a little bit of the humanity from Batman to where like you know that he's not just like the stone cold like character. It's like it brings back to Just League Unlimited. It's like yeah. my like my favorite episode um, with. Uh, 
the Royal Flush Gang in Ace. Oh my gosh, yeah. epilogue. Yeah, Amazing epilogue. episode. Best episode of the show, I think. Literally, yeah. like, makes me cry still. Yeah. And it's like, you, you see, like, there is a human underneath the cowl, and it's like, and he's always there. Even yeah. if even if he's not portraying that, like, he's always there, and, like, he is, if, if, if anything, like, the most emotional, like, member of the league. Oh, yeah. And it's like, so... You see a little bit of that here to where it's like this is the man who like took his entire life away and like when faced with it, like he feels pity for him and like he feels his own – he feels his pain with him mm-hmm. and like his sympathy and like to where he forgives him and like he lets him go and it's like yeah. like, he, like he saves him and it's like that that moment of Bruce like having to over – like seeing where he is now like as Batman and like still dealing with all that trauma like – Seeing that journey for him to overcome towards like no, like I'm looking at the man who took my life away, mm-hmm. and I'm choosing like forgiveness. I'm choosing to save him. I'm choosing, you know, empathy. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like that was a cool moment to watch. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really nice to see from Batman. And I like I like when we see that emotional side of him, and we see his humanity come back to where sometimes you feel like it's not there anymore. I agree. I agree with you. And it's also funny because I'm like, I think you're right. And your point made me reflect a little bit better on on that moment, too, because I come from the camp of I don't think that I don't think Batman should know. I don't think I don't like Joe Chill as an idea for Mm -hmm. a character. I'm like, I don't want Batman to know who killed his parents. I'm actually I'm really from this kind of school of thought where I would rather he spends his entire life trying to find out that one mystery and he'll never know. I think, yeah. I think it, it's more in the same way, you know, people don't like that. People like or dislike that raise a Palpatine. Mm. I'm like, it, I think the story works better if we don't know. Yeah. It was just some criminal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, some one-off guy who, you know, was vagabond came to Gotham and left and we'll, ne- we'll, we'll never know. And he'll never find out who did it. Yeah. So, but you know, to double down on what you're saying too, I think that I really liked, the moment where, you know, he, uh, you're right. He, as Joe Chill fades out, Bruce is holding his hand and, and, and Joe Chill knows who Bruce is, Yeah, you know? And, and the fact that he didn't have the capacity to apologize in the way that he would have liked to is mm. kind of poetic, but then he kind of got his moment too at the end there. Yeah. I'm like, I, I think I am a fan too. Yeah. I, that's a good comparison to epilogue. Yeah. It felt very similar to me. Um, but it's like. And I see, I see what you're saying about not knowing who it is. Like, it could have been yeah. anybody. It's like, you know, every criminal he stops could have been the one who killed his parents. Yeah. And like that as that as that, that as a motivating factor. Um, but I also kind of like at the same time, like knowing that Joe Chill is gone and like, you know, it wasn't Batman who took him down. Like, yeah. it's just like he's a nobody. Um, and him having to live with that, like then seeing – Okay, what's now his motivation for fighting crime and yeah. for and for donning the cowl and for being the Batman? Mm-hmm. Like, is it still the death of his parents? Yeah, knowing that that is no longer a threat or is no longer a problem. Like, yeah, he got justice for them. Yeah, he got justice for them. So it's like, and he now at this point, like, has forgiven that man and and watched him die. It's like, yeah. why is he still Batman? Like, what it what are what are the other things that motivate him to don the cowl at night? Yeah, and. You know, I think personally, coming from I, I think now that he has obviously other reasons too. Yeah, and like you know that that he has resolved that within himself, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't, I've, I don't know if I believe that 
he continues to be Batman for the memory of his parents. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It, it, it opens the door to exploring those other reasons why. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, someone like Jason could be a walking reminder of why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, he wants to be able to save people. And like now that, you know, now that he is Batman, I don't think he'll ever stop no mm. matter what. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. um, did you have a favorite character in this story? I mean, my joke, my favorite was Joker number three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I liked Barbara a lot. Um, yeah. I, I don't really read a lot of Batgirl stuff. Yeah. I don't really read a ton of comics. I kind of just read mm-hmm. the big ones. Good. Um, the big, and Squirrel Girl. And Squirrel Girl. I read the big stuff when they ha- the big moments when they happen. Um, but I, I really enjoyed her character in it and I think I enjoyed her dynamic with Bruce a lot. Yeah. Um, as kind of like a confidant slash like equal it felt mm-hmm. like. And it didn't feel like someone who was like much younger than him or like much but it also didn't feel like a romantic interest yeah. and some of that, that kind of dynamic and that kind of energy. Like it just felt like a comrade, I guess. And like, yeah. but somebody who could speak truth to him. And I felt like they had that great dynamic to where like, he actually was listening to her when he, when she said things to him and like, yeah. and he kind of deferred to her at moments and like, and like that, I really liked that back and forth. Um, but yeah, I feel like she, it was a really strong Barbara Gordon interpretation and yeah. it, and, it, and, I feel, and I feel like it really encapsulated that character for me, to where most of my interactions with her are from the Killing Joke yeah. or like in passing in different mm-hmm. books, and it's like I really felt like I understood that character mm-hmm. now at this point, especially like the moments we got alone with her and like yeah. kind of just even like her not talking, just kind of her like doing life and like, her on the treadmill. Yeah, man. the treadmill. It's like I, that's I, a great. That was a great just sequence. Yeah, like I felt that for sure, and I was like, dang, like. I I feel like I understand what she's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked Barbara Gordon. I love Jason Todd. Like Jason yeah. Todd's one of my favorite characters in comics. Oh really? Yeah. I'm not a fan. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm like okay. I'm like, why does he keep coming out? I'm like, <laughs> Under the Red Hood works once, but then I'm just not a big anti-hero guy. I think that's what yeah. I'm like. Give me the black and white moral crime. You know yeah. I mean? I like that he killed the Joker. Oh. Really? I felt like they. I felt like they at least like went for it. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Like, okay, yeah, there's a caveat to where there's three of them. Yeah, yeah, it's not <laughs> the Joker. Like, he killed a Joker. Oh, yeah. But I'm glad that he, like, they actually, like, made him do something that's, like, a little bit over the top. Uh-huh. And it's, like, very not what Batman stands for. And, like, yeah. it, it allows me to, like, because I don't want just, like, an edgy Robin. Yeah, I don't that's, want, like, a yeah. Robin who's, like, oh, like, I'll kick a criminal a little bit harder. Yeah. Or, like, I'll, like, talk back to Batman. Yeah. And, like, go pow. It's, like, no, like... If you're going to be the thorn in his side, like I, I would like to see like him be a thorn in his side. Oh, yeah. And I really actually did like that about this book. They actually kind of went for it. Mm-hmm. And like there's ramifications for that. Oh, yeah. I and, think they like, nailed it. Yeah. And you see Batman kind of fold to where it's like, I don't know what to do. Like I can't really do anything. Yeah. Like he – I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, with this kid or – Yeah. Or like, you know, because Jason – I think they real. I think I think you're totally right too. This story nails Jason. This problem. This probably is my favorite Jason Todd story mm. because you know obviously shelving under the red hood because that yeah. was just its own. Yeah, it's animal. yeah. Um, but and you also here's a fun publishing fact though. It literally went like Batman Hush, then Batman under the red hood, like back to back events. It's like whoa. Give us a minute to breathe. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, they're like here's an amazing Batman mystery story and featuring the greatest art of all time. And then here is the freaking the Robin that died. Anyway, I'm sorry, yeah. but that was so good. But um, perfect, perfect book. I'm like seriously, but um, I really liked. Uh, I honestly think Jason was my favorite. Yeah, I'm like because. Uh, 
I think I think you're right about him killing the Joker. He needed to go too far, but also everything surrounding, you know, like that that moment too. I thought that mm-hmm. moment was perfectly well spent, where he's like, "Oh, you're my little Robin." Yeah, you know what I mean, oh, yeah. you, you are literally wearing my old disguise. Mm-hmm. Like you are, you want to be something different, but you are a product of me so much. And it's like, ooh, and that that is the perfect kind of like Joker moment. Too, yeah, where it was talking about, um, his favorite. Like you're, it's such a Joker moment where he literally he crawled under our skin, you know, as yeah. the readers by saying something like that, and I was like, ooh, they, it was so menacing, and it was just yeah. right. And then the perfect punt, like perfect little moment at the end, where Barbara's like, "How could you do that?" And he's like, "Barbara, you never miss." And yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's a real comedian and Doctor Manhattan moment. Seriously, yeah, seriously, and like you know, he was leaning. I don't know if I love when writers try to replicate like Alan Moore, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a very I- exclusive yeah. moment, but it was perfect. Yeah. Like that one was very well done, very true to the spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. That's, I can't say anything else about that. And Jason Fabric's art, just like his storytelling. I think also, I don't, I really want to lean into the art in this book is incredible. And if we want to talk about it being a spiritual successor to Watchmen, then I think if you want to compare Jason Fabic to uh, Brian Boland or oh, sorry, not Watchmen, but Killing Joke, mm. uh, both Alan Moore works, but yeah, uh, Brian Boland and Jason Fabric's art I think is so similar, just yeah. like spiritual successor and just like how perfect the lines are working on the page mm-hmm. and like it is just magnificent storytelling. Well, yeah, I, I feel like Batman is exactly like how I would imagine him in my head, and it's like yeah, the, it's like a little bit of the classic stuff with the suit. But it definitely feels um, – it feels like a, a modern take on Batman to where it's like – it's not like New 52 modern. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely feel it feels like all the best of everything. Yes, yes. Yeah, like, yeah. It was a lot of Batman's greatest hits and that's yeah. what the story wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so last question for you, Jack. Mm. What would you rate the story out of 10? I'd give it like a 6. Yeah, honestly. I, I, I was – Yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend before I, I, I was recording today, mm-hmm. and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm reading this story for the podcast. And she says, oh, how is it? And I'm like, honestly, I think it's like anywhere for me from like a 6.8 to like a 7.2. Like, yeah. And I, it's probably closer to a 6.8. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can go all the way to 7. I think there's a lot of good stuff in this, and it feels yeah. like a commercial for like a lot of different stories I would like a lot. Yeah. Um, But I think the, the, le- the least interesting part of the book to me was the Joker stuff. Yeah. And it's like if that's – if the main part of your book is the least interesting mm-hmm. to me, it's like I, I just can't give you a high score. Yeah. Yeah, and also like it just felt like a lot of the stakes and the ram- – I, I just felt like this book had no ramifications. Yeah, it's like if he already knows who the Joker is, then what's the mystery? Yeah. Like why does this even matter? Yeah. I'm like we killed – so we killed off Joe Chill. Yeah. He didn't matter. <clears throat> he didn't matter. We don't really see him anyways. Yeah. Um, We – Okay, we kind of established that Batman and Joker know who each other are. They're mm. not going to do anything about it. Yeah. I think the biggest uh, bomb drop for me is when Barbara Gordon – you find out that Jim Gordon knows Barbara's Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, and like a really – you'll miss it if you don't really catch it, yeah. Yeah, and so – and honestly, I think going back to Reasons I Love Batgirl, <laughs> that dynamic is one of my favorites in comics ever is him, yeah. him and her um, going back and forth about mm-hmm. you know whether or not she should be doing that. Yeah. Or like it's a really just her interpersonal t- turmoil. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm like I'm not fully completely in love with 
this story, but like, I think you're right. I think it is bad. It's hard to give that. I, I don't want to give this that rating, you know, but I, it's not bad. Like it's, it's not definitely bad. not bad at all. Yeah. It's just like, wow. I think it is a lot of Batman's greatest, greatest uh, hits. And I think that the art is amazing. Like literally, if, if you are trying to find a reason to pick up this book, the art is yeah. a great reason. Yeah. It's beautiful. And the story is good, but it's just not amazing. Yeah, I feel like it, I really wish they would have done like maybe six issues. Yeah, and just kind yeah. of like divulged into more stuff and like made it more of a mystery. Yeah, than like oh, there's three of them and like the the real Joker's like the one we've kind of been with the last like chunky years. So mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it. And yeah. he knows who he is, so nothing really changes. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it wasn't there wasn't really any like mind bending reveals. Yeah, and it was like I I. I left not really learning anything new or not feeling like I needed to learn anything new Yeah, to change how I read comics and going forward. Yeah, exa- exactly. And so, you know, I think that's that's a good place to leave it. But, um, Jack, thank you so much for coming. Please tell our audience where they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Lumberjatch. Uh, lumber- I just want to the name to the end. It's weird. It's awesome. Uh, or uh, Making Observations. Yes. Uh, or my podcast, The Rec Center Podcast, which me and my fiance do together. We are recording a new episode soon. Good. Hopefully tomorrow, maybe. Good. Uh, we take hiatuses because, you know. You got to take in the content that you're recommending. You got to take in the content and the world is crazy and we yeah. get sidetracked. But and you guys are actually planning a wedding. Keyword fiance. Yeah, we're actually planning a wedding. Uh, but we watch things and then we recommend them to each other. And then you can decide if you are interested or not by us talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's so, it. It is going to be so good. Go, please go listen to that podcast. It is one of my favorite podcasts. And Jack, I love your voice, but I have to say Hannah's voice is the perfect Hannah voice. Hannah has, has a perfect NPR radio voice. It is so good. <laughs> so, and actually, go follow her uh, side hustle at Lyndon Ave. Yeah, Lyndon Ave on Instagram. Like she Avenue. makes earrings and uh, jewelry. And, and they're so cool. Out of clay. They're oh, awesome. Is that- they, I didn't know what they're made of. Yeah, I've only clay. seen pictures. They're so cool. So actually, oh my gosh, great Christmas gift. Yeah, this is coming out very soon too in Christmas time. So perfect. We got that covered. Um, make sure to stay tuned for next week where I actually have um, another buddy named Jack. It's actually the three Jack, three Jackers, the three Jackers. <laughs> Which one's the real one? <laughs> Which one is the real Jack? No, my my buddy Jack is going to come on, and we're going to talk about four kids walk into a bank, which is an amazing indie comic written by um, Matt Rosenberg, and mm. it is amazing. Who's a really great X Men artist? Really fun series. So come check that out. They set up a, a checking account without their parents' approval. <laughs> it's crazy. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they, they, they want a toaster. They, they get a credit card with a really high interest rate. <laughs> And so that's that's the story. And then um, make sure to go leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Yes. And follow Cameron Reads Comics on Instagram. Mm. Thank you, guys. We will see you later.